class um, for 2023, and that starts uh, October 16th and is held every Monday for 12 consecutive weeks. TV broadcasts, probably telepathic messages, hmm? From other minds deep in thought. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the radio at the same time. <laughs> and this radio simply makes audible something that, that you thought was inaudible. I'm Jesse DeGroot, the marketing representative for the Mac Hayden Theater in Chatham, New York, and you're in tune to 90.7 FM, WGXE, Acra. Wave Farms Art Park is now open on Saturdays. Drop in for unannounced guided tours on Saturdays from noon to 6 p.m. or book a tour in advance on other days. Wave Farms' 29-acre campus in Acre is the home of the art park with 13 installations in the study center, WGXC Acre Studio, the Wave Farms International Artist Residency Program. Visitors on Saturdays receive a guided tour of the campus. Admission is free and tours typically last 60 to 90 minutes. Again, on Saturdays, Wave Farms Art Park is open for drop-in visits anytime from noon to 6 p.m. from June through October. Stop by Wave Farm on Saturdays from noon to 6 p.m. WGXC underwriting support is provided in part by Upstate Films, featuring first-run and repertory films at movie theaters located in Rhinebeck and Saugerties, as well as live music, filmmaker conversations, staged readings, community events, variety shows, magic, comedy, and more. The latest schedules, as well as upcoming pop-up events at the Community Theater in Catskill, can be found at upstatefilms.org. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Mama Getty of Hyannis, Massachusetts. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org slash donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Uh, seems like there's a little uh, <laughs> church sound, church effect on my vocals. Oh, <laughs> there's a little bit of an echo. Ooh. I'm not sure why. Uh, How spiritual. I'll take it because that sounds pretty good and spooky. Ooh. Um, all right, we are a movie talk show that's here on the WGXC airwaves every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. My name is Amanda. I'm Jenny. And uh, yeah, here we are. Um, sorry, we, it's been a while since I've been on the airwaves, so I'm just taking a second to get my levels all figured out. Um, and again, I'm not sure why uh, I have the effect on my vocals, but all right, I'll take it. Um, before we get into our, <laughs> sorry, I was, I'm just now able to hear it. Yeah. You didn't have your headphones <laughs> no. on and it's real. It's, um, I, I know I'm, I'm we're in a cave. I'm I twisting mean, the effects knobs and I, dark and scary. I'm not sure. Oh, 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 no. Did that work? I don't know. Um, now you're just further away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, welcome to dim the lights. Uh, we pick a theme every episode. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm so distracted. I know by it's my really distracting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so distracted by my vocal effect. Would you like me to take over while you um, some things around? Or? Yeah, well, I'll say at the very <laughs> least that um, before we get into our theme, because every show we pick a theme, um, whether it's a, a a genre that's known to you or maybe a little more specific of a subgenre, whatever. We pick a genre, and then Jenny and I watch movies around that genre separately, and then we get on the airwaves to talk about them. Usually we watch one in common, but tonight we did a little differently, and it's a total surprise to me what Jenny watched, and vice versa. 
Um, before we get into that, we're going to tell you about what's playing in the theaters right now. So Jenny, take it away while I figure out how to sound like I'm not in a big empty cavern. <laughs> it would be my distinct pleasure. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start over in Chatham at the Crandall Theater. We have The Miracle Club. We also have Golda, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, the one, you know, you know, the one, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> the legit one i got legit. it oh I yes it. Yeah. oh my god you're back yeah baby. i got it <laughs> thank god i was like i don't know how this i know work. i don't know i was it was it sounded cool but it, it was too distracting cool. we'll have to turn it back on when we get back into spooky mode maybe exactly. maybe 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 for like our halloween show yeah uh all right so at the crandall we also still have uh past lives which i'm really dying to see so maybe i'll go see that this weekend uh minions the original the first uh, we also have, uh, let's see, it's Killer Films producers Christine Vachon and Pam Koffler to be honored at Film Columbia 2023. And that's on Saturday, October 21st. I don't really know what that means. So I would suggest <laughs> looking up these specific showtimes and also more information about that fascinating sounding event at CrandallTheater.org. Amazing. The Crandall Theater in Chatham, New York. All right, I'm going to stop it. start at the top of the mountain with Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have playing the Paw Patrol movie, which is called Paw Patrol colon The Mighty Movie. <laughs> we don't support Paw Patrol no. here on this podcast. You can Dogs ask us about pops. it. You can, you can um, hit us up on our Instagram at Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda to talk about why we don't support Paw Patrol if you want to. <laughs> Um, we also have the creator and then we have a movie called the blind, the true story of the Robertson family. I don't know anything about the Robertson family. going to be real honest with you. Um, the poster design looks like a propaganda movie, but yeah. I could be wrong. Hard to say. I, it is hard to say. So that's at the Wyndham theater in Wyndham, New York. It's a great little theater. Check out more about the show times and the prices at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W I N D H A M theater.com. All right. Now it's time for me to tell you about what's playing over at upstate. So starting with the location in Rhinebeck, also known as the star cinema, we have Stop Making Sense, which I'm trying to go see the re-release of. Yes. Bottoms, Fair Play, <clears throat> Detour, A Haunting in Venice, and The Miracle Club. And then heading on over to the location in Socrates, otherwise known as the Orpheum Theater, we have The Creator, Contempt, Carlos, Theater Camp, and Bottoms, which I went to see two weeks ago, and I walked in, and the people at the counter said... Are you here to see? Are you here to see bottoms? <laughs> it, was like, it was really. They were being very nice about it because they were like, "Oh my god, no one's here. We're so glad you're here." But I was just like, "Do I look like a lesbian with no riz?" Thank you. I do. What's what's riz? Riz is what the kids say. It's short for charisma. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I just I just heard about this recently <laughs> um, because I heard it in the in the sense of. Um, jacking my riz but anyways well jacking like, my riz like stealing my charisma oh whoa i love that but yeah it was really like i walked in being like oh no is the show sold out and they were like are you here to see bottoms <laughs> i was like oh okay all right yeah <laughs> but anyway um, carry on yeah <laughs> that's I, I can't wait to ask you about how bottoms was yeah you can oh sorry real quick you can find out more about those specific showtimes at upstatefilms.org all right. Carry Amazing. On. So I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson, otherwise known as the eight screen cinema that's on Fairview Avenue in Hudson. Um, we have Expendables for the <laughs> A in Expendables is a le uh, number four. Great. Uh, that's how you know it's the fourth one. A Haunting in Venice. The Nun 2. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Didn't know there was a second one. I know. Um, the Equalizer 3. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Mutant Mayhem. Barbie and Oppenheimer still playing at the Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson. You can find out more about showtimes at SpotlightCinemas.com and make sure that you select the Hudson location when you're on their website to see those showtimes. Incredible. 
Uh, all right. So now I'm going to tell you about what's playing over at little TSL in Hudson, uh, also why, also known as Time and Space Limited, if you for some reason know it by that name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So they are doing a special director's movie series, which is very exciting. The last one they did was Wong Kar Wai, which I'm kind of sad that I missed. But yeah, me too. Uh, now they're doing a Jim Jarmusch series. So we have over the next couple weeks, uh, Down by Law, Mystery Train. And Stranger Than Paradise. Three movies I've never seen. Amazing. I haven't seen very many Jarmusch movies. Me neither. Uh, But if you're interested in those or any other programming at TSL, you can head on over to timeandspace.org to find out the showtimes and what what the heck else they got going on over there. Gorgeous. All right. So I'm going to tell you about the movies that are playing at the Highway Drive-In in Cooksacky, New York. The these are the show times for um, I think everything changes on Sunday. So until Sunday, we have on screen one they're double features, by the way. Screen one is Expendables four and Equalizer three. Screen two is A Haunting in Venice and Haunted Mansion. Screen three is The Nun two and The Conjuring two. And screen four is My Big Fat Greek Wedding three and Barbie. You can find out more at highwaydrivein.com. That's H I W A Y drivein.com. Thrilling. Um, are yes. you, do you have any more theaters? Cause I have That's one more. it. That's all I got. It's you, baby. It's okay. All you. Well, the Greenville drive-in, the oh, drive-in yeah. 32 is still They're open. They're still open. Greenville drive-in is in Greenville, New York, right off of route 32 and on Saturday, September 30th, they're playing Hocus Pocus. <gasps> Yay! And this is their final screening oh. for the 2023 season. So make sure to be there. They're a wonderful theater, great snacks, That's great so people cute. that own it. So check it on out. You can go to drivein32.com to find out more. Wow. I love Hocus Pocus thrilling. I do love how fast everybody has leaned into Halloween and spooky movies. It's like, I feel like most of the time... I, I often feel alone when it's September and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's time now. But this year, I don't know. I feel like everyone flipped over as soon as September 1st hit. They were, everyone's like, I'm ready. Yeah. It's time. No, it's really it's cool. So Ghouls as, and spirits. Exactly. So as you know, like I, I was gone for a month um, and that month kind of bridge. It did bridge the basically the last two weeks of August and the first two weeks of September. Mm-hmm. So I really missed that kind of like last gasp yeah. of summer quote-unquote official summer um and like you know i felt kind of sad about that but summer is such a fun but wild busy time that yeah i came back and it seems like everyone is so psyched for the fall which is how i feel yeah i love it it's time to be cozy yeah it's time to open up the windows let a little bit of chilly air in put on a stew yeah. it's raining a lot lately and the weather like turned really fast yeah. we had a lot of rain this summer but it, yeah. we also had a lot of humid like hot humid days yeah. because of that and now it's like the sun's still warm i know every year it's chilly. i'm always so scared i'm like it's false fall it's not here yet everybody calm down but i think it actually it's really fall now it's really it's nice. actually happening it's i mean so nice it's september 26th it's really it has come I for know. us all. I can't wait to get some apples <laughs> I know. and put them in the fridge because I like a cold, cold apple. Yeah, it's the only way. A really cold apple. Crisp. Oh, oh, that's so good. It's the only time of year I really want one. So even though it's not October yet, Jenny and I felt really excited about exactly what we're talking about. The season's changing and it truly feeling both weather-wise and general community mood wise really feeling like fall already so even though it's not october yet we wanted to get going already on spooky vibe movies we just can't help ourselves so because we're getting a jump start we thought our theme would be roots of horror the very beginnings early just early like stuff. the season it's just the beginning yeah just the beginning so, just a taste of what's to come yeah movies that i mean we're allowed to interpret our themes any way we want to. I thought of it as uh, movies that paved the way mm-hmm. for Same. a great many others in the genre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was really exciting to do a little bit of research about it because I 
know that I haven't seen like ultimately that many movies. So many, many movies have been made in the world and mm-hmm. I'm missing a lot of like really big, important ones. But I think of myself as being like fairly horror literate. Like I've seen a lot of older horror movies. But when I started to do some research, I was like, there are so many. Yeah. Because for as long as movies have existed, we people have simply loved to watch them yeah. be scary. Exactly. <laughs> a fun thing that I was reading about when um I was lo- doing research for the show is like specifically how you know like a lot of terms for specific mm-hmm. subgenres didn't weren't coined even right. if the genre technically existed long before um it's it's like term was coined mm-hmm. like it didn't you know like something like folk horror for right. example that term for that genre was not used until maybe like the mid 60s yeah totally um and then i was looking up you know what was called the first horror movie or whatever mm-hmm. uh and before the term horror was used to describe a movie or that became a solidified term for the mm-hmm. genre it was like weird Ooh. mysteries <laughs> like, it's like it was always the term weird right? <laughs> no it's interesting because i was looking at a bunch of movies from the 30s i didn't really go much older than that but it's true a lot of them are listed as like mystery slash thriller mm-hmm. and it's like oh that's so interesting because i think of this as being such a like titan of the genre yeah but it's true like we as people just like make things and then over time we start <clears> to categorize <throat> them as we like realize that you know it's human nature to start leaning towards like death and mm-hmm. things that are disturbing and blood and like, yeah. you know, all of these things that we find very like titillating and interesting. Yeah. And uh, we always have. Right. But it just wasn't always called that. Totally. And so it's like, it was like weird tales. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we'll figure out what that's called later. <laughs> um, so thrilling. I was curious. I'm just going to ask oh, right out dang. the gate. Did you watch Haxon? I didn't. I thought about it, okay. which is what I, that's the image that I used for our post. And that's why I asked. On Instagram, at Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Yeah. Um, I used it because I thought about watching it because it's a movie that I've been meaning to watch for years. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar, it's from the 20s? It's from 1922. Yeah, 1922. And it's Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. It's like weird. It's a, um, it's, like build as a history of witchcraft basically mm. but it is it's a film um and i thought about watching it but it's almost two hours long and i just yeah. like didn't quite have the wherewithal to get to it even yeah. though it's one of those ones that's been on my radar for a really long time because it's like a very early originator of these like very scary scenes it's pre-code so like and it's also swedish so it's like whatever the haze code wasn't a part that of that thing, yeah but So it has all these really like interesting kind of like very twisted, like almost pantomimes or tableaus. It's so good. Um, But I didn't end up getting to it. Did you watch it? I didn't watch the whole thing. Frankly, I have seen most of that movie in bits and pieces because it gets projected at dance parties it does. all it really the time. I know. I've seen, I feel like I've seen like at least 50% of that because of that. So I've seen... I've over time like bits and pieces it's of Haxon. atmospheric people yeah. love to project Haxon at parties yeah yeah <laughs> but it is great and it is on HBO Max if you are interested if you want to go for like full vibes yeah. you know it is it is a silent film yeah um but which is why it's great projected at yeah. parties um <laughs> but uh yeah it's a very fun like Jenny said it's it's a history of witchcraft um and it's really gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's beautiful. The, yeah. The sets and all of the fun kind of like black and white mm. tricks they yeah, do. Totally. To like m- make a truly beautiful black and white movie. Yeah. Um, are, are really it's it's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. But it is, it's one of those things that's like you it's nice to watch as like an atmospheric no. object but it's not I, I mean I haven't seen it's it a two like, hour silent movie, like a two so. hour silent movie with like not a lot of plot no, no, <laughs> you no, know no, 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 no. so I would say it's kind of more of a vibes based watching it's a vibes movie <laughs> yeah uh, so let me hear about what you did watch all right baby yes the first movie that I watched is actually Black Sunday which I'd never seen before I have still never seen Black Sunday that was also on my list Mario Bava. Mario Bava. So those Italian creeps. Those Italian creeps. It felt like a really important 
year because it's also from 1960, Mm -hmm. which astute listeners will remember is also when Eyes Without a Face came out and Psycho. Yes. Which we talked about. Huge year for the horror genre. Yeah. So we talked about Eyes Without a Face on our Bad Doctors episode a couple months ago. Um, And I've actually, I still haven't seen Psycho. I thought about watching it for this, but I didn't end up doing it. Um, but Black Sunday is kind of the Italian. I feel. I feel like the, it was just a big year for many different countries in their mm. film traditions to like put out a really shocking horror movie. And Black Sunday is kind of the Italian one, mm. where it's so it's directed by uh, Maria Bava, as Amanda said, uh, and it's about a witch burning that happens in like the 1600s, and then 200 years later, that witch is resurrected and attempts to possess a a woman who looks exactly like her and starts to cause chaos in this little town it's unclear where they are it might be like russia or something everybody has like very eastern european names Mm -hmm. um it's possible that they say where it is and i just wasn't paying attention uh, <laughs> I didn't do a lot of research for this episode. I gotta be honest with it's you. Fine. What's new? We never do. It's true. That's just our vibe. <laughs> um, but so, Black Sunday. It's also the version that I watched was dubbed in English, and it was also called uh, "The Mask of Satan." Oh, the Mask of Satan. Um, because the opening scene is incredible. I feel like Black Sunday is a really interesting artifact of its time. Like it feels very important from like a film history standpoint because it has all of these really um impressive effects and it's like very gory for a movie from 1960 uh and it feels like it's really like setting the tone for a lot of what's to come Mm -hmm. but that being said it's also like the middle drags a little bit like it's a black and white movie i was watching a dub so it's hard to like really get connected to the characters um but the opening scene is incredible it's so startling it's so it opens with the witch burning of this woman um and her basically she's like being put up on a plinth and as part of the burning like as part of her punishment she is given this mask which Mm. has nails i've seen seen this scene in it a lot like an iron maiden if you will like nails like uh facing the face part Mm. of the mask and it's put on her face and then hammered in and you see it yeah. which seems it's like so shocking to watch a movie from you know the early 20th century yeah like the early 20th century or I guess mid 20th century uh, where it's so explicit like I really expected it to cut away when yeah. it goes to hammer it in but they don't yeah they show you the whole thing and it's wild because you do have to remember too and of course this is this is Italy this is not the mm-hmm. United States but like this movie is I, I don't know when it when it started to reach audiences in yeah. the US, but you think about culturally where the sixties are and like it's still the fifties. Yeah. Essentially. Totally. Like the Absolutely. the experimentation that we associate with the sixties doesn't happen until way later. Right. Like yeah, totally. and nineteen sixty like, is still a very chaste time, at least outwardly, totally. culturally. And like, like, if you think about it, like comparatively with Psycho, which is also like I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of it. Because, yes, you know, it's just something that happens to you. Yeah, uh, it it does a lot of cutting away. Yes, from yes intense scenes, and that's the thing that Hitchcock is great at, where you like you know he ratchets up the tension by not showing you everything yeah. in this way that is like very effective. Uh, and in Black Sunday, it's like, no, 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 we're going to show you everything. There's also a scene later on where a guy is thrown into the fire and his body just like melts in the fire. And it's a very like, I mean, to our modern eyes, it like you're like, oh, I see how they did that. They like laid one set of film over the other set of film and like made them slightly translucent so that you could see it happening. But like you witness a person's skull like melt down yeah. <laughs> into nothingness, yeah. which is so shocking yeah. for that kind of filmmaking. Cause you don't really see that kind of stuff in black and white that often. Um, and so I found all of that really captivating. Like black Sunday is, so it's about this woman who's a, a witch and she's burned as a witch. Uh, and then a doctor and his like student or like his assistant both come into this town. They're like riding a carriage into town. And when they get there, they meet this woman who looks exactly like the witch. 
um, who is played by Barbara Steele, who has like a stunning face, like mm. the Anya Taylor Joy of her time. <laughs> She's got, her eyes are really far apart. Yeah, She's yeah. got like a very like, oh, yeah, you are touched by magic. Yeah. Like, like, face. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they so they run they ride into town they meet her and like the younger guy is like oh she's so cute mm. uh and they like go and stay at this inn uh and in the middle of the night this woman barbara Steele's character whose name is katya in the modern time that this movie yeah. takes place in, which is like basically the 1800s um her like father falls ill and so they call the doctor over but instead of the doctor coming uh, a mysterious apparition picks him up in the middle of the night and like drives him out to the swamp and he gets like possessed by this weird like spirit of another witch from yes, the past yes uh and and it's kind of like honestly the plot not that important no. but, but basically it's like this attempt by this witch who was burned to like reincarnate herself into the body of this younger barbara Steele from katya uh and this other also witch who's trying to like help her figure it out uh, and there's like a little bit of a romance in there, of course. It's not like the plot is not that interesting, frankly. Like I did, it didn't really grab me. But the visual language of the film is really fascinating, and like there are so many things in it that really speak to what comes after it, like all of these visual effects, and also you know the concept of possession and reincarnation. There's also like the portrait of the old witch is like, she's not old when she dies, but like the witch who has been burned is like hanging up in this mansion. And like Katya looks at it every day and she's like, she looks just like me. (laughs) And like that, like the haunted portrait kind of energy feels so all of those touch. Yeah. Like all of these different things that really feel, um, like they're absolutely we call back to them all the time yeah of course also when the when the doctor goes missing and then re-returns again like we see him again later in the movie and his hair has turned bright white yeah and it's like exactly yeah, yeah like you've had an encounter with evil all of those things yeah but it is somebody so, had to do them even though like the plot is not like that interesting or that important it's still such a like well-made and like beautiful movie um you know like they really knew how to light stuff back then because everything was in black and white and they're like all these really interesting tableau where like uh i'm thinking specifically of the scene where um after the doctor is picked up by this like mysterious guy in a carriage there's just a shot of the guy driving the carriage and he's like framed at the very top of the shot and it's just like this insane intense orchestral music while he's like whipping the horse mm. and it's just like a startling image yeah. that you get to watch for like two minutes it's so uh, just i love like honestly like on a rainy day an old black and white movie with like these incredible visuals yeah. hits every time it's so good i love it oh god Black Sunday has been on my list for a long time. Um, that's streaming too, isn't that on I HBO Max? So let me double check that because I don't have it written down. I would never steal a car, and I would never steal a purse. Sorry, I, I put you on the definitely stand. would never steal a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I didn't watch it legally. Um, I think I know at the very least that Black Sunday is on the oh, streaming yeah. service Shutter. It's free a bunch of places. It's free on YouTube. It's free on uh, Sling TV. It's free on Amazon. I'm sure it's just free with ads. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why I don't watch it that way. But you absolutely yeah. can. And I would recommend it. Like, I do think if you're interested in that kind of movie, especially like if you're a person who's kind of into older movies, I think it would really hit. It's like very, it's a very fascinating watch. Yeah. Also early... F- early fall if you're trying to go like hardcore yeah. vibes like I love. might as well go Haxon and black sunday if you're trying to like keep it in the Absolutely. witch theme too yeah it's like perfect it really made me feel like oh my god halloween is coming i'm so excited um amazing That's i'm trying it. to think about which one i want to tell you about oh my god, tell um, me. okay so i guess i'll go I had never seen all of Night of the Living Dead. <gasps> I've never seen Night of the Living Dead. Okay, amazing movie. Night of the Living Dead from 1968, so we're going a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, by George Romero. And this movie is considered, I mean, it's like one of those ones that's been brought into the Criterion. Yeah. Um, it is not, clearly not as early as Black Sunday or Psycho or anything like that. But um, it's it's credited with like kind of redefining the horror genre because it it is also in black and white. Mm-hmm. It had an extremely low budget. This was George Romero's first yeah. movie. Um, but it's it does its best to 
to really show the gore as yeah. much as it can. Totally. Um, and it's also they're no they're so it's a it's technically a zombie movie though they're never called zombies in the movie they're called flesh eating ghouls yeah up until that point um it is not the first zombie movie but up until that point zombie movies were about the traditional like zombie of haitian folklore mm-hmm. which is um a person reanimated to do the bidding of a master right. so they're like reanimated slaves um and so this is just people reanimated by we learn like basically like uh radiation that came from a satellite that came back to earth which is crazy yeah that is crazy um but so it's 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 a redefinition of it's bringing zombies back into the fold Mm. and kind of in a way that we're more familiar with them now in movies where it's either because it's a virus or this or that it's not the traditional haitian zombie um so Night of the Living Dead uh, takes place in Pittsburgh. It's shot in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, Romero baby. is from Pittsburgh. Um, he So he got his start basically uh, directing commercials and uh, what do they call like uh, industry, in, industrial movies, which oh. is basically like, um, like workplace like informational videos. Yeah, yeah exactly totally. things like that <laughs> for corporations um and he'd made enough money doing that that he was like all right i want to make a feature movie and i want to make a horror movie because at that time it's what people in the country were really craving yeah like you could make a lot of money if you made a low budget horror movie Love. because people want to see something scary and gross yes dude um so things never change actually <laughs> yeah it's black and white just because the budget was so low um and it stars all uh romero's friends and then like local theater actors yeah, basically totally. um and it starts with this woman, Barbara, and her brother, Johnny, and they're going to a graveyard. This is like the very famous opening scene. Mm. They're going to a graveyard to visit their father's grave. And their brother's like, Barbara, remember when I used to scare you in this graveyard and go, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh That's yes. like the famous line. Yeah. <laughs> and then, sure enough, one of the walking dead comes and attacks them and, and uh you know, kills the brother Johnny and Barbara runs and runs and runs and is still being chased. And there's all of a sudden more living dead are coming out of nowhere. And she finds an abandoned farmhouse to barricade herself into. And not too long after uh, a guy named Sam shows up, who's like, Barbara's out of her mind with fear. She, she, for the rest of the movie, can't really speak or think straight. Um, but Sam shows up and he really becomes our main character of the movie. And he is played by Dwayne. Is Dwayne Jones? Fir- yes, Dwayne Jones, who um, is also the star of Ganja and Hess, which I've never seen. Spoiler alert. That's what I'll be talking about next. <laughs> so please yeah. continue. Yeah. I was so, like, I can't wait to talk about Dwayne Jones. <laughs> um, George Romero really stumbled into making what was absorbed as a very political satire yeah, of a totally. horror movie. He said that he cast Dwayne Jones cause he was just simply the best actor. Right. The part was written for a white actor. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Jones is a black man. Um, but he was like, no, I'm hiring Dwayne Jones cause he's the best actor. Yeah. And he changed nothing about right. the script. Um, and this is again, uh, 1968. So to have a, black lead that is not intentional like very much like totally. like you ha- at the point you at that time you had like um like Sydney Poitier yeah I, I was just gonna yeah. say like Sydney Poitier and that's kind of really it um and you know this wasn't a movie that was specifically made for like a black target audience so that was a very very big deal and yeah. also his co-star is a white woman yeah totally um most of them are for a very large portion of the movie. It's just the two of them in the mm-hmm. house. There's no, absolutely no like romantic aspect to this mm-hmm. movie. There's a couple, couple, two couples that show up later. Um, but basically long story short, you know, they're um, Sam and Barbara are stuck in this house. There's two couples that they find out have been already in the basement hiding mm-hmm. Um and the living dead are slowly gathering and gathering and gathering outside the house. The house does have a television and a radio through which they're learning about 
like the, the characters and the audience are learning more and more information about what this catastrophe right. might be and why it's happening. Um, and I'm going to spoil the ending, but Do you it. should watch it. It's, it. It is streaming on HBO Max as well as many other places. But um, so on the news, we see that a lot of uh, kind of like local local groups like firing squads basically mm. are getting together and killing the living dead and taking care of it. And, you know, this is also a movie where we get a lot of the very basic zombie quote unquote rules yeah, you have totally. to shoot them in the head right. you have to burn the bodies those come from here yeah um they come from night of the living dead and uh things go haywire in the house the living dead get into the house and everybody is killed except for sam who hides in the basement sam hears gunfire outside because these these groups are coming and he comes to the window being the last survivor and they shoot him because they think that he is one of the living dead. But again, of course this, whether or not Romero intended it, this is like a group of all white locals. Totally. Um, and this is a rural setting, you know? Uh, so it, it becomes a very, very political movie. Also, not only Dwayne Jones being the star, but this is 1968. So, there, you have a lot of critics talking about how, because it's a black and white movie, the imagery is very similar to what Americans have been seeing on their television yeah. sets with Viet- the Vietnam War. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and again, Romero is like, I didn't intend for any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, George. But I mean, of course, like, it it come it sneaks in anyways because right, it's the totally. world that George Romero is living in and yeah. making this work in. Right. Um. So it's a it's a really I mean. You watch this movie and it is a very low budget. The the actual the budget's amazing. It's um yeah, it was made basically within a one hundred thousand dollar budget and it wow. made thirty million dollars. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Incredible. Um, a hit. A which huge is hit. Another reason why directors like Romero wanted to make horror because they right. knew that they could make a lot of money right. out For of cheap. very little. Yeah, totally. Because uh, those people wanted this so badly. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah. Uh, but so it's, it is, you are watching a low budget movie. Um, but it's still, it still manages to be very entertaining. There are a lot of like kind of silly moments again, like any low budget movie. Um, it is really helped by what an incredible actor Dwayne Jones Mm -hmm. is. He's Um, so good. He's a really good actor and that really, and some of the other actors in it are as well. Um, and that really does help it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch again, like heavy vibes and it feels exciting to finally see such an important piece. Yeah, you know? totally. Um but yeah. Yeah. There's that's Night of Living Dead. Something about horror that really works in a low budget where like even when an effect isn't working perfectly or the way as intended, it still has such an impact. Like I yeah. love something about low budget horror is like I don't know, so much more satisfying than a lot of other genres and like a lot more malleable because like when you're given limitations, you have to find creative solutions. And so like, I mean, not always, there's plenty of low budget horror that's terrible, but it's also like still fun to watch anyway. Well, exactly. And that's what's funny about, so, you know, the movies that I watched for this were all low budget because horror generally is. Right. But then, you know, yeah, compared to like some of the low budget horror that I, that's made now that I see, like it's, this stuff is just so much stronger. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I feel like the chip on the horror genre's shoulder is forever that like, this is a genre that's not taken very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always considered lowbrow, mm-hmm. but it's where uh, filmmakers are, have the space to experiment and it's totally. where like uh, special effects and like, yeah, tropes and all kinds of things where they like get their ground and, and, um, they do work for like film history right, for the rest totally. of time. Yeah, like they get, it's where they first happen right, in the horror like, genre. Absolutely. Like they get disseminated among other things, but they a lot of things get their start in the horror genre. Yeah. And it's true. It is like there's something about the constraints that make more creative solutions possible. God, I just love horror movies. I love horror movies oh, so God. much. 
All right. I was so thrilled when you said that you watched Night of the Living Dead because I've never seen it. But also because Dwayne Jones is the star of Ganja and Hess, which I've always wanted to see. And I never have. I watched it, even though it's kind of like it. It's very specific for Roots of Horror because it's kind of the root of like black horror. Mm -hmm. And also I would also argue like a lot of I mean, a lot of pre-code and earlier horror movies have a lot of eroticism in them. But Ganja and Hess is like such a specific sensual beautiful movie that i feel like it's it i don't know like it spread seeds that are everywhere yeah like i love no pun intended uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so if you're not familiar with ganja and hess it's a movie from 1973 that's considered a very early pioneer of black cinema um and like an early black black exploitation film even though i don't i don't know that it necessarily falls perfectly into that because it is really an art film yeah largely and i have been meaning to watch it for years yeah um but had always hesitated to because well like what i'd heard about it was that it is like very artsy and kind of like dreamy and hard to follow and i was a little bit like i don't know that i want to watch that like this sounds like it might be a little boring I'm here to tell you, Ganja and Hess is amazing. That's it's what like I hear. That's one what of I hear. My like new favorite movies. I loved it. So it's about a guy named uh, Doctor Hess Green, mm-hmm. who's an anthropologist, uh, and he's studying like a specific tribe in Africa. I don't remember exactly. I think it might not be a real place. Yeah. Um, but so he uh, has his like one of his like research assistants come to stay with him at his like big beautiful house um, while they're studying this group of people and the intern kind of loses his mind and the intern is played by Bill Gunn who directs who directed Ganja and Hess and he's mm-hmm. only directed like one other movie he's like very like did not end up making very much stuff um, but so the research assistant kind of loses his mind, stabs Dr. Uh, Green, mm. Dr. Hess Green, with a ceremonial dagger and then kills himself. Yes. And the ceremonial dagger is unfortunately imbued with a curse, which gives Hess uh, an unquenchable thirst for human blood. Yeah, it's a vampire <laughs> movie, It's a vampire right? movie, and it's, yeah. In that, it's, very sen- it's a sensual it's vampire movie. It's a very movie. sensual vampire movie. So it's really, it's like a little bit different from the classic vampire lore that we're familiar with because it's not about him like drinking blood directly out of people's necks like he doesn't grow fangs or anything he's mm. just a regular human but he is like suddenly given like this like Cro- exactly like Kronos it has a lot of scenes that I'm like Kronos like Guillermo del Toro 100% watched this movie before yeah. he made Kronos yeah um, and so he just becomes like truly addicted to drinking blood and has to murder people in order to obtain this blood because first he tries to get it from a blood bank like at the hospital he steals mm. some from the hospital but it's not quenching the thirst um, and there's this incredible like musical motif that shows up when he gets these cravings. That's like this like traditional chant mm. with a droning sound at the same time. Mm. And it's every time it shows up, you're like, oh, no. Oh, oh no, Hess. You're oh, about to hurt no. somebody because you can't help yourself. But so it's this it's an incredibly dreamy movie where you get these like narrations it's divided into chapters it has like it feels very modern actually in this way that is like fascinating to watch um because it's also a movie that when it was released it was put into it was cut down significantly and put into theaters at like 90 minutes or something but the actual runtime of it is i think like an hour and 30 or an hour and 40 minutes um or no longer than that because it's like the same thing it's like it's it's almost two hours i think is roughly what it is and the only like full cut of it was put together by MoMA. So it's like, it's kind of hard to find. I believe it's on Canopy and you can find it a couple of other places, but you definitely want to look for the longer runtime if you see it out there. Um, And it was really poorly received because it's cut down in this way to like make it more accessible. And instead it just like cuts the story out in this way that doesn't make any sense. Um, And so I watched the longer runtime of it, the like as intended, as far as we know, um, and some of the film is also like deteriorated because I think some of it got burned. So yeah. it's like it's a little it's it's a fascinating uh, bless watch. those folks who restore Dude, these movies for real, like specifically old genre movies. Yeah, it's huge. It's so important. Yeah, I'm so glad. And I do feel like even though the film is a little bit damaged, like you can t- you can tell when you're watching it, but it doesn't take away from it. It almost adds to it in this kind of like in this way where it's like oh this is something that was found in the ground somewhere yeah. like this like lore of these it, it has like a very like greek 
god energy to it where it's like this feels like mythology yeah of, like, these really massive powers like moving beyond these yes. people's um you know control and so so we have Hess, who's this anthropologist who's like okay now I'm, I'm trapped with this addiction to blood uh and the widow of the research research assistant shows up at his house and she's like hey just wondering where my husband is Uh-oh. <laughs> just curious and the two of them like immediately are attracted to each other and they immediately start hooking up and fall in love i mean dwayne jones he's very handsome so man. good very handsome man. uh and this so this widow who showed us who shows up her name is ganja um, and she is played by Marlene Clark, who's also incredible. She's stunning. She's like one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And so like the two of them together suddenly like start this romance, even though she's like, I don't know where my husband is, whatever. And she's like incredibly glamorous. Like the first sweet thing we ever see of her is um, a really close shot of her dialing a payphone to call the house to be like, where's my husband? And she's got like incredibly bright red manicured nails. Yes. And she's like wearing pearls. And she's dialing the phone with a pen so she's not touching the buttons um, it's incredible and so they immediately start hooking up she what like at some point um hess goes away to like i don't know, do work or something uh well what he's actually doing is going and murdering somebody to drink their blood yes, yes. but work. she <laughs> work but so she goes into the wine cellar to like pick out some wine to have with dinner and she finds the body of her husband uh, and so when he gets home, she's like, hey, what's the deal with my dead husband? Just wondering, did you kill him? And he's like, I actually did it. He killed himself. But she finds out what his deal is, that he's like been stabbed with this dagger and that he now has this unquenchable thirst. And he turns her. And Does she ask to be turned? It's one of those things where it's not exactly clear because yeah. it's one of those movies where uh, people have conversations like kind of around topics instead yes. of directly yes. about topics. Of course, the 60s. And there's a lot of very dreamy scenes of grass yeah. and, and people holding each other yes. in dark and yet sparkling rooms. Ah. A lot of red motifs. Um, and so it's unclear, but it seems it's like pretty obvious that she's into it. Like yeah. there's what is she says this line where she's like, everybody is some kind of freak. <gasps> but in a way that's like, I could be a freak with you. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's that's, like, that's, yeah. this is really, I was enjoying this movie very much. Like I was very captivated by it. But then as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> one of those movies. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, he turns her into a, another vampire, basically by killing her and then bringing her back yeah. the way that one does. Uh, and then later he says, uh, we're having a guest for dinner. And it's exactly in the way that you think is they get, invite a sexy young man over and she has sex with him and then she kills him and drinks his blood. Yes. yes. <laughs> They're having him for dinner. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it really I'm not going to spoil the total ending for you because I really think it's worth watching. Like, I really loved this movie. I can't stress enough how like even though it's an art even though it's an art film, whatever, like, <laughs> even though it's an art film, I found it to be so captivating and so beautiful. I really, really loved it. And like very moving. There's a couple of scenes that go on for maybe a little too long, but like, but like not whatever. a problem. Absolutely not a problem. Um, and it just has, it's so beautifully made. Like every scene is like just stunning to look at. Um, I just simply can't recommend it enough. I loved Gelgen. It's been on my list forever. Is, so I don't know if you already mentioned this, but the director... Is Bill Gunn. And did he... He didn't do much more, you He's said? done like one other movie, basically. He's done... Um, let me pull it up. He it didn't do very much. And it's like, it's kind of hard to find his yeah. other films. I, I don't know. really Spike know what Lee happened. Spike Lee made a remake of oh. Ganja and Hess. Or oh. like, bas- like a... Like a like reinterpreting, yeah, totally. It's called the Sweet Blood of Jesus. Oh yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never yeah. seen it. I'm pretty sure. I'm quite sure that that's basically a ganja and has to Yeah, remake. totally. Because I know it's a vampire movie, and yes. they're made vampires by a ceremonial dagger. Yes, dude. Yeah, Bill Gunn. He he's actually he plays the um, research assistant. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he he is also an actor. He's he's acted in more things than he's made. Um, he made two other movies. One is called Personal Problems, and one is called Stop. And I looked into it, and Stop is only available on VHS. You simply wow. cannot find it. So it's like, I don't think that he has been like canonized in quite the same way as he probably should be, because yeah. Ganjan Hess is so incredible. And it made me really interested to see what else he's made. 
Um, but yeah, I would strongly recommend it. It's kind of hard to find. Like I would look, again, I've seen it on can I've it's seen on it canopy. around there. Yeah, I've it's on it canopy for sure. If you have access to that, um, I think there might be, there's probably like an upload on YouTube or something, but I would look around and see if you can find a better version of it just because, um, the filmmaking is stunning. Like it's so beautiful. Mm. It truly, I like watched it and was like, okay, cool. This is like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> like it's Damn. so beautiful. And I mean, you know, I'm like particularly like horny for people who fall in love because they want to murder together. But yeah. like, I think even if you're not into that, I think it's still going to hit for you. <laughs> also some of, yeah, some of the early sixties color movies, mm. they go so hard they on the color do. Oh my god, the that co- it's just it's dazzling to stunning. watch <laughs> it's so stunning and yeah it's just like Dwayne Jones and Marlene Clark are just both incredible like they're so charismatic like there's a bunch of scenes that are just Dwayne Jones like telling a monologue like talking about something that happened to him same with Marlene Clark actually there's like a lot of monologues in this movie mm. it's giving um what's his name the guy who does the uh like the haunting of hill house and the haunting of Bly manor like all of those yeah. like silly shows like all of his shows are just full of monologues yeah. yeah and it's just it really has these like you're just like stunned listening to this person recount a story mm. and the way that like i don't know i don't necessarily feel that way when i watch any movie but it really works it sucks you right in it sucks you right in love yeah. it excellent um all right <clears throat> well, i'm gonna take us back to pittsburgh take me back to pittsburgh um with a movie that is not good oh no but is important <laughs> yes um jenny are you familiar with a man named herschel gordon lewis my name sounds familiar but i don't know why so herschel gordon lewis is responsible for what's considered to be the first quote-unquote splatter movie oh, which is like the first yeah. gore movie yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. just like the movie sure it has a plot but it's really about gore yeah dude um and that movie is called blood feast and it's from 1963. Incredible. Herschel Gordon Lewis went on to make a lot of movies like this that are just about the ex, like expo of gore. Yeah. Um, m- maybe most notably a movie called The Wizard of Gore. Oh, yeah, of course. There's actually a scene <laughs> in the movie Juno, I think, yeah. where she's watching it. Yeah, totally. Um, which is the first time I heard about this. But I watched Blood Feast. <laughs> yes, dude. Tell me about Blood Feast. Okay. Again... <laughs> Uh, and I, Herschel Gordon Lewis is from Pittsburgh. That's why I bring it up. But this movie, he, he was doing all of his stuff in Miami. Mm-hmm. This movie is filmed in Miami. Um, this movie is hilarious to watch. It is, <laughs> it has some like real class project energy. The script is written like the beginning of a porno. Incredible. Before the <laughs> SEX. Yeah. Um, it's, you can literally see when the actors are looking down at their cue cards. Um, Heartbreaking. <laughs> it, and it was made, all the actors are local people, friends of the director. Um, there's one woman in it, like the main character who, um, was a playmate a playboy playmate yes dude july 1963 um <laughs> but <laughs> great year <laughs> so again this movie is important because it's it's the first spotter movie and herschel gordon lewis very much like george romero was like i want to make movies and i want to make movies that make money that's what i want incredible this movie was made for Twenty-four thousand dollars. Incredible! <laughs> it made four million dollars. Damn, dude! It was made for less money than *Night of the Living Dead*, and it made more money. Okay, Herschel. <laughs> this movie is in color, um, and it is like full of gore. That's the whole idea, and I'm sure that's why it made all that money. Oh yeah. Oh my god, it's freaking hilarious. Okay, so <laughs> this movie is about. Uh, the the bad guy is an Egyptian man named Fuad Ramses. Mm-hmm. The actor is an, not an Egyptian man. <laughs> of course. They don't even really put him in any brown face makeup well, that's or black right. face. Yeah. They just give him some dark eyebrows and gray his hair because he's <laughs> supposed to be old. But he doesn't look old because he's like 35. <laughs> um, but Fuad Ramses worships the 
Egyptian goddess Ishtar. Mm-hmm. Side note, Ishtar is not an Egyptian goddess. Say. Ishtar is Mesopotamian. <laughs> yeah. Not an Egyptian goddess no. at all. <laughs> he worships the Egyptian goddess Ishtar. Uh-huh. Um, and he's trying to reincarnate her through an ancient ritual uh, by collecting the body body parts of women uh-huh. and cook, cooking them. I don't know. <laughs> he, is, a stew. he is making a, quote, Egyptian feast um, for the goddess Ishtar. The blood feast. <laughs> all these ladies, all these cute ladies around town are getting murdered. Their body parts are getting hacked off. The opening scene, cute lady comes home to her apartment. She turns on the radio and the radio is like, another body of a woman has been found. If you're a woman, do not go out at night. Do not we have a body. repeat, do not go out at night. <laughs> she turns off the radio. She gets into the bathtub. She has a book that looks a lot like the Bible in the bathtub with her and oh my god i wrote it down the book it comes into the plot um the book is called ancient weird religious rites yes dude (laughs) what could this possibly be pointing towards and a man enters her apartment and stabs her to death in the Ah. bathtub and again this movie is in color and the effects are heavy but not good Mm -hmm. so it's like bright red bright red paint (laughs) um and he hacks off her leg and there is um a quote from herschel gordon lewis talking about psycho being like he didn't show anything (laughs) i want to make a movie where he shows stuff come on (laughs) so that's truly what it's all about just like gore movies today it's just about i'm gonna show i want to see it (laughs) and of course there's a lot because this movie's like the on the floor budget you know you don't see him actually hacking off the leg but he comes away from the tub with a severed <laughs> leg um but yeah so he eventually he he fuad ramses runs a catering business uh-huh. um fuad ramses exotic catering but the shop looks like a general store but this woman comes in the general store and she's like i want to make a surprise party for my daughter and he's like what about an egyptian feast for example i don't know just (laughs) and she's like great idea um and we're running out of time so long story short the daughter um suzette is who's the played by the playmate um it's for her party and uh she's getting she's getting really into egyptology and like there's a hilarious scene where she goes to one of her lectures that she's been going to and the guys explains all about the feast of ishtar and there's like a a reenactment (laughs) it's it's so funny like people out there if you enjoy things like the room (laughs) You should watch this. It's great. It's hilarious. And it's really short. And it's important um, because of what it what it did. You know, it's like, I don't really like Picasso's work, but he was important. Like, opened a door. (laughs) Fine. Um, But yeah, uh, there's like classic dumb, dumb cops who are like, all these dead ladies, no clues. But they're all a part of this book club and they've all been reading this book called Weird Ancient Ritual Rites or whatever. What a weird coincidence. Um, And they finally figure it out and Fuad Ramsey gets crushed in a in a garbage truck but yes, um dude. yeah it was dumb as hell oh my god but so special i love that stuff um, it's so fun and i can try to imagine myself in 1963 at a drive-in where this movie premiered at like some random drive-in in like illinois or something yeah they Perfect. found a place where they would screen it and being a teenager and seeing like a man on screen like touching guts yes, and being dude. like oh oh god Ah, you know how'd they do that um yeah and so i i even though this movie was hilariously bad um i i love why it's made i love that it it was made for money but with that in mind like so specifically for an audience that was like let me see something gross (laughs) yeah dude please let me see something gross it's so beautiful um so that's Blood Feast. Oh my god. You can watch it on YouTube yes. or Tubi. Yes. I watched it on Tubi. Ugh. Um yeah, if you like old schlock, 
really you might do. as well watch Blood Feast. I really do love Old Schlock. I think all the time about the first Dead Till Dawn I ever went to, which is the uh, all-night all movie drive-in thing that happens usually at the end of September. This year was at the beginning of September at the Highway, highway Drive-In where they it's play. It's a horror movie festival. Old horror movies. Thank you. I was like really struggling with my words. <laughs> I was like, um, they play movies. And the first time I ever went, I went with you. And the first movie was Dr. Butcher, M.D. Dr. Butcher, M.D. Medical Dubian. And it's like <laughs> that same so energy of just like a yucky, low-budget movie where body parts are getting lopped off for no good reason. And it just makes me smile. It makes me smile. It makes me so glad. And yeah, it's really um, such a clear exchange, you yeah. know, goods and services. Yeah, like the 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 youth so of lucky. America wanted to see some blood, and these dudes are like, "I will take you your it, money. <laughs> I will spend very little money because you're so desperate." I'm just going to give I you what you want. Take your money. Yeah, dude. And I'm going to make bank. It's beautiful. It's um, truly beautiful. I love horror movies so much. I love them so <laughs> much. Um, oh, so, wow. yeah, that is the that is your first splatter movie. Incredible. I got to watch it. it sounds freaking great. It's like an hour. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. It's so oh, easy and it's so yes. funny. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. This has been Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda.